0: You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer.
1: Yeah, you need to say it in French, though. Oh, yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. Right now? Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, so in English, it's a trip to the moon, but in French, it's le voyage dans la lune.
1: I'm just going to have you on for 45 minutes, and I'm going to give you phrases to say in <laughs> French. People don't you know. What's
0: know. what's fun is, um, what's fun in French when speaking uh, about the moon is we say dans la lune, which doesn't translate to on the moon or to the moon. It translates to in the moon. I know. I've always... It's, that sounds like, it so that cool. sounds like a
1: French thing to do. All due respect. how did it end yeah. up in the moon? But in the moon.
0: Like when you're when you're kind of daydreaming or zoning out in French, oh, you say Suis dans la lune. I'm in the moon. That's that's it. how you describe it. You're same. in the moon. is that I cool? Love it. Yeah. 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 I've always liked that. I'm like, oh, I'm in the moon. See, if you say that in English, people would be like, what? <laughs> I but was so I,
1: I, I I get confused on those things because like they in French you would call it the the apple of of the earth, but I want to know why the apple is not called the potato of the sky.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: right. These are the things that maybe you or I could. So,
0: or, or counting in French, you know, 20, like 10, 20, 42 or whatever. I don't remember what the, like, I can't think of the translation right now, but when you get to like, you know, the upper numbers, it just gets weird because they're just naming like all the numbers that are in the number. Like you don't say ninety-four, you say like four twenty 10, 90
1: All right, do the people when they count in French give up at a certain number? <laughs> I, think,
0: I think the non-natives, yeah, <laughs> <I think they laughs> like do. Uh,
1: nine's about good. We're, yeah, when uh, they get
0: to like fifty, they're like, "Hey, we're we're done here. <laughs> that's all." That's- I need.
1: That's awesome. This is uh, Ken Vellante with the <laughs> Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and we have uh, Melissa Oliveri, uh, who uh, is, is a friend, uh, podcaster, uh, creator, uh, musician under Canel, the Skylark Bell, uh, which is a, a, a beautiful, um, well-loved uh, podcast. Melissa, happy to have you on uh, Something Rather Than Nothing.
0: Thank you. I'm really glad to be here.
1: We are uh, thinking about podcast and talking music and stuff, but one of the things is uh, lately the show has been on a, a jag, or maybe it's always been on a jag, with um, live performance, uh, music. Um, it's really, uh, for me, doing the podcast, a, a sweet thing to hear songs, to hear the people that create them. Um and so I've had a lot of singer-songwriters, and as you know, I I, I love uh, the work that you do. I also am in touch with the, some of your influences and in songwriting. I think mm-hmm. like, Polly Jean Harvey and and Tori Amos and and, and that. Um, I've been excited to see that you got like a live show coming up, and we're talking music off the bat. So what's going on with uh, Canel? and performing in that kind of development of your music.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's terrifying and exciting <laughs> at the same time. Um, I haven't played live in front of a live audience in the same room as me <laughs> in over 15 years. So it's kind of a big deal. It's a small venue, and I'll be with two other really amazing local women musicians um, Katie Tessman and Annie Enneking, and they're both wonderful. And so we're I was invited to join them for this. And, um, I'm really excited, you know, I'm scared. <laughs> not gonna lie, but it's gonna be fine. And, um, it's just giving me a whole new kind of angle to look at my songs and and really be. Uh, more mindful about selecting not only what I hope the audience likes, now I'm going to be playing in front of people who've never heard me. Whereas when I live stream on Instagram, for example, all those people who are following me, they know what to expect. So it's easy, you know, and if I mess up, we laugh. And it's like just between friends almost, but now it's a room full of strangers who may or may not be there for me. A lot of them are going to be there for those other two more seasoned performers. And so I have to think about, okay, how, how am I going to charm them? (laughs) You know, and so it's, it's been really great. And I've had to, you know, we get to pick a few covers and I picked, um, a Regina Spector song and a Kate Bush song, of course. And, uh, but then the third, I picked a French Canadian, really obscure, nobody will know this song in the room. But I felt like it was important if I was going to introduce myself to these folks. Oh, yeah. To include that, which is such a huge part of who I am and not very apparent here in America where I speak English all the time, but that French Canadian culture. And so I'm hoping to share that and uh, maybe spark something with them.
1: Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> The uh, the 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 French um, French American culture uh, and one of the things listeners might not know is that um, from my background I have uh, ancestry from uh, Quebec from Quebec and on my um, mom's side um, and my grandmother my nana spoke French uh, spoke French like I could hear her speak French you know that close that close to it yeah and, um, yeah. Growing up in New England, um, in particular area that I did, these were uh, French French towns, like French American towns, mm-hmm. the, with the language and the newspaper being in French, and the language on the street being French. So, I've always had a strong uh, connection to Montreal and the 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 connection of these cultures. So I I mean, even when we first met, uh, there are some mm-hmm. components there that I just have a lived experience that nobody, a lot of people don't have necessarily around that. Um, yeah. And it's really nice to be able to connect with you in, in, in that type of way, even on this simple inflection of moving between English and French, like my Nana could or would is just like, yeah. oh, that's fun. And I <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think you're the special correspondent for the podcast. If I need a French word pronounced, I know you said, seen... <laughs> wait, let me. me try it. La La Saucier.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. Good. See?
1: Uh, all right. That was a song title. Yeah. Yes. Right.
0: Yes. Yeah. I was wondering why, why you needed that. And then. <laughs> I didn't expect uh, to,
1: but the band, uh, the doom metal band, Faitooth had La Saucier. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. That's,
0: that's perfection right there (laughs) yeah i don't think that um united states america um realizes how heavily the influence and the connections were with the french even on not just in canada i mean in america too there's a huge history there Uh, even here in minnesota i mean Lake Mille is French for a thousand lakes, you know, Grand Marais means big swamp, it just goes Eau Claire means clear water. These are all French names. The motto for Minnesota is l'étoile du nord, the North Star. But the motto is in French here. <laughs> I'm and yet, all we learn. hear That's about where the is North the Star East. comes
1: from. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, see? But we hear a lot about in Minnesota the Scandinavian heritage and yet so many of the place names are obviously um Native American and, but there's a lot of French too. So yeah. yeah, it's just interesting that, and a little bit sad, maybe that that history got, has been kind of lost, you know, but, um but it's, it's the signs of it are still there.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite, I, I might've told you this before, just, um, I adore Leonard Cohen, uh, as mm. a writer and as a spiritual, as a spiritual being that he was. Yeah. Um, Complicated, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, but I love, you know, even his songs of moving between the French and the English is just something so satisfying for my soul to like hear that, like moving back and forth. Oh, it's the same, and it sounds so different this way. And he did that a few yeah. times, and um, and of course, being heavily influenced by Jack Jack Kerouac, not so much as the overt mm-hmm. use of French, maybe all the time, but the of French Canadian French uh, culture. Yeah. So um big show, you got that big show uh coming up. Great good good luck with that. I know it's a big deal. Let's Thank be you. straight. Like I know it's a big yeah, deal yeah. for you to you it's know, a big
0: deal for me. There.
1: But yeah. um yeah. I, I know what I can see and what I know with you is that you just go back to the point that you need to. Like I see that you like you you laugh and you laugh even though I know your brain is saying that was imperfect.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: yeah but, it, like,
0: in, in very different words than that that we won't say here on air but yeah
1: <laughs> well yeah uh but, but and, then you, in, you
0: just you just gotta dive back in you know
1: so um now the other thing uh the other thing is you know um i've sheared from the the something rather than nothing uh instagram page uh skylark bell which um you know i've told you before uh you know, you're writing, uh, the voice that does it, the musical accompaniment and, and the sounds and, um, honestly, the, the ghostly atmosphere, the, the passage of time, the people who are there or who are not there, um, it's just truly a world to, to enter into and you're, you've been doing it for, for a while
0: and, mm,
1: yeah. um, uh, moving towards, yeah, at least finish in this, you know, this stage of, of the story, but what has been your experience telling this story that is yours in this way for this long? Like, where is it at now for you and how do you think about it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, when I initially wrote, so basically this Skylark Bell is is a series of three books, which I'm releasing each year. Each book takes up one year, basically, of the podcast and one season. A season is basically a full year. And so when I wrote the first book in my head, I, it wasn't going to be, this was like 10 years ago, I podcast wasn't even on my radar. And I shelved it and it wasn't that great. And when a friend suggested turning it into a podcast and I realized that each chapter would be an episode... You know, when you read a book, like you want a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the chapter, but it's not essential because you you just keep reading. But sure. if there's going to be a week between each chapter, uh, ha, ha, ha. you want those people to come back yeah. the following week. And I basically rewrote the entire book with that in mind and had to add more suspense and more intrigue and more mystery. And it made the book so much better. Than it, than it would have ever been if I hadn't turned it into a podcast. So that was huge. Um, and then, you know, when I write, I see it, it all plays out like a film in my head. And then I have to write and describe what I'm seeing. And so the comment I've had from a lot of people is, wow, your writing is really visual. When I'm either reading or listening to it, I, I can really see. And that's why. It's because before it's written – it's, it's essentially a scene in my head. Um, but to really convey that, words are great, but I think that's where the sound effects really come in. And there's not a boatload of them. They You know, they come in once in a while at key points when there's something that makes sense, like a door closing or gravel footsteps or a horse or whatever. Um, and then also the use of, like, echoes or reverb in certain parts. Um You know, there's an episode actually that just came out last Friday where one of the very few sound effects in the whole episode is this character, really mysterious character, it looks at a different character and just goes, shh and oh, then vanishes yeah. into thin air and that shh, I just bump that reverb so high. And it's the creepiest, like two seconds of probably all three seasons,
2: Yeah, yeah. but you
0: know, it doesn't take much, but, but you just add those little things that just like kind of make your spine tingle a little bit like, Oh, and it's not gory or scary or even that unnerving, but it's just enough to kind of make you pay attention. I think so. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's been kind of the the mindset behind producing this this story. And really ultimately my goal is I want other people to kind of visualize what I was seeing before I wrote it down. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I want. I want other people to experience because to me, what I'm basically watching a movie in my head, it's super cool. <laughs> you know, it's super yeah. exciting and awesome. And I want other people to see it and short of finding, you know a scientific method to plug nodes on my temples and project it onto a screen, this is the next best thing. So that's, that's what I've been trying to do.
1: And I've seen, you know, I don't know how often you do it. I've seen, I don't know, it might've been watercolor or some, some of those visual pieces that, that you've done when, when, when you do that, I'm just thinking about your process. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the process yeah. from the visual to to the words or yeah. the audio, but how does that work for you when you, when you're trying to paint? Are you, is it that is, is, is a much different, more difficult or easier process? It's
0: harder. It's harder for me because the things I see in my head, I can type and describe them with words, but to actually, like, do the right shape and put the line and the shadows in the right places and things, like, that's more of a struggle for me. And I've had great friends who can, like, look at something and draw it, and it'll look like a photograph, and I wish I could do that, <laughs> but I can't. And it took me a long time to come to terms with that. And now, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and now I I work around those I guess, faults or things that I can't do. And I, and I just, I think it makes my art kind of more unique Um, because I, I don't, I don't let those things that I can't do stop me. Now I build on those. And so, you know, I'm not good at drawing faces. I've got a bunch of drawings of faceless people. I call them the faceless people and I wrote a song about it, but you know, like instead of fighting those things that I can't do, I just roll with them now. And that, Is part of the beauty of getting older, (laughs) but it's 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 turned into a positive. So, well, I I I wonder that.
1: I really do deeply wonder about the the can't do when it comes to art. And I just want to mention something. Um, Like I've I've been in the situation because of um, practicing art and, and doing the podcast and being an artist of just coming into kind of revelations or honestly, the quick reveal that perceptions of myself were untrue and unfounded. Mm -hmm. So it's like that discovery. And one really cool thing that happened, say, six weeks ago is I, as far as the depiction and the figurative, like me, like if you handed a picture of something to me and said, can do something with that, that's the can't do phase for me. That's the can't do. But what I've realized is that there's habits in the ways that this brain I'm pointing to is processed things or done (laughs) things or trapped itself. And I was given uh, by Susie, Susie DeVille, who's been on the show, this task in class of, it was an image, but it was just upside down. So you could tell what it was, but it was just upside Mm -hmm. down. And the instructions were that I could look at it, but just sketch it, just sketch it that way. Just you're Mm -hmm. sketching upside down. And I could do it so easily where others were like impossible task. But for me, I don't understand it all. I could do it (laughs) and do that and then see...
0: I like that you're touching on the brain difference and how it can pose challenges in so many situations. And all of a sudden you get in this in this other situation and it's like a top-notch strength.
1: The, by know? flipping the image, I almost immediately knew as one pressures off. Yep. Completely. And that was the big piece. The other piece was in ways I don't understand because I've only done it a few times since I started doing it a few weeks ago. I did it yesterday, for example, with an upside down elephant and I do it. So there's less pressure on myself. And also whatever's going on in my brain, I can understand the connections of the lines in a Mm -hmm. way where it's shown upside down that I can't see or be sensitive to when I see it the right way. And that's, that's those neurons in the brain. Again, Mm -hmm. I'm pointing to like, that's the, things that are aligned in a certain way. And I guess what I'm saying positively, like there are multiple paths and I, 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 the the not being able to do is certainly for me become much more of a suspect thing to say, or for me to say, like I would tell you two years ago, I can't draw. And that's just not accurate. It's just not Mm -hmm. an accurate statement. It's also closes down possibility because you've already stated that the thing is not capable. So next topic.
0: (laughs) Right. Right.
1: Um, so, uh, excited about your, uh, live performance coming up. I wanted to, uh, chat you a little bit about, um, your network of podcasts. Uh, I bumped into a lot of, uh, folks in the podcast network you know my show is a variety show so i hate that you might have to try to describe it to somebody but you could say (laughs) that there's some like true crime there's spooky stuff there's spooky paintings there's weird painting you know there's there's yeah all these all these um you know all these type of uh uh pieces pieces and elements um to to the show um yeah but I was just wondering, I was just wondering from you, um, about working with a network and where there's some other folks doing some spooky stuff and, and sharing that, uh, I know, I don't believe they're part of the network or they might be Mums, Murders and Mysteries, our friends They
0: are part of, uh, yeah, their, they are part, their- we call it the Boo Pod Network and they are part of that, um. And those ladies are amazing. They they are they. It's a true crime. Well, kind of uh, they true crime, but I feel like they've done some sort of eerie, unexplained stories too on their. podcast. I thought it was a
1: life skills podcast. Maybe I've been listening <laughs> the wrong way. Hey, Marty and Effie, just just we got to have jokes. <laughs> and folks, it, it's a great it's a great podcast. Mums' murders and mysteries, covering most. They are amazing. Of Mostly, uh, like, true crime, uh, of yeah. murders, mystery uh, in Australia, for the most part, and Scotland. So you have a yes thing, uh, combo there. But tell us more about uh, about the boo pod and hooking up with some folks doing spooky stuff.
0: Yeah, well, I was invited into it by my friend Amy, um, who does a podcast called The Activity Continues. Actually, she's the one who... Actually, I wouldn't even have a podcast if it weren't for her. She's the one who said you should take that book you're releasing one hey, chapter at a time on Patreon and make it. Yeah, so Amy, hey. thank you, thank you. Amy is is uh, she lives here in Minneapolis and um, she's a dear friend and I. She's just a lovely, lovely, amazing, hilarious, brilliant person and I adore her. There's so many um, cool
1: people that live in Minneapolis just to break in here, but go are- ahead.
0: This is true. Um, so so she one day said, Oh, I'm part of this network and it's true crime and paranormal podcasts, and you want to be part of it, and I'll go ask. And I don't honestly know who within the network started it to because I came in where there were already people Oz. in it a little bit.
1: It's Oz and um the Wizard of Oz. Yeah,
0: it's it's what?
1: The Wizard of Oz. Some odd. Oh, the,
0: there we go. There we go. It's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um So, yeah, I I came in when they already had kind of started. But basically, it's a bunch. And by a bunch, I mean I think maybe there's a dozen of us of totally independent people. Some of them work alone, like me. Uh, Some of them are pairs, like Mums Mysteries, and Murder. And um, it's true crime and paranormal podcasts. Some of them touch on both. And um, basically, it started out with us each creating like a promo reel, like a 30-second or one-minute promo reel for our own podcasts. And then we would insert each other's reels into each other's podcasts to kind of cross-promote and grow our audiences. And that was huge. Um, And then over time, at one point, Halloween was coming up and we said, hey, like we're all doing kind of spooky stuff. We should collaborate somehow. And so we collectively not every podcast was part of it that's in the boo Pod network but i think there were eight of us and we just picked a topic it was the bridgewater triangle which quite honestly i had never heard of um and we each chose a, a an aspect of that topic and each released one episode on on our respective podcasts in our own styles um and then the listeners could kind of bop around all these different podcasts and collect all the pieces. But what's interesting is I'm the only fiction podcast. And so at first I was really.
1: Yay.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But also like, how am I going to like, yeah. what, how am I going to do this? Like, yeah. like talk about this Bridgewater Triangle area, which if listeners haven't heard of it, it's a super bizarre geographical area out east that has. All the things <laughs> it has—cryptids and ghosts and sects and uh, uh, devil worshipping and whatever uh, cr- true crime. So um, eventually, I landed on. Um, I cooperated with a podcast called The Haunted UK, which is super phenomenal, by the way. Um, and we he covered a ghost story, a true ghost story, which is generally what he does on his podcast and then I took that ghost that character and wrote a fictional story from his perspective and that that's what aired on my podcast and uh, he and I have now done a couple of collaborations like that and it's been really really great Um, so but it but you know I never would have done a story like that if if it hadn't been for that context and that kind of push of okay how do you how are you going to problem solve this you're part of this network what you do is totally different you need to somehow fit your piece of the puzzle into this puzzle. And so that's that's how I did it. And um and everybody in that group is first of all hilarious. They're all funny. Yeah. We all talk about terrifying, horrendous topics, and yet we're all funny and cool and nice. So it's it's been pretty great, you know, and everyone's just trying to do their thing and they're doing their best with the time that they have and the lives that they have, and and everybody respects each other's boundaries as far as participation and what we can and can't do. Yeah, And, um, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's
1: great. How do you, I'm just curious, how do you balance, um, knowing you, I would know that you'd have very, um, you know, probably discreet, powerful ideas about how you want to do things. And of course, there's always the question of kind of working within the group, but then kind of uh, kind of massaging or moving around with that? What was that experience like? Because I, I would say for myself, looking at it, I would be like, I'm fine until I heard – am i I'd be fine until I heard something weird that hit me the wrong way, and then I get weirded out about it because there's an imposition. There's other people to respond to. There's another idea that's in my realm. Like How was how that the balance, or did you feel that too much? or?
0: Um- I haven't really felt that. I think, yeah, I I think if I am interpreting your question correctly, I think that I am going to liken it to being an only child, like because I am the only one doing what I do, how I do it within the group. Yeah, there is not really a competition, like you know, whereas somebody who does true crime and there was. Yeah. Uh, there w- wasn't just one, but let's pretend there was only one incident. Well, okay, who's going to do it and how are they going to do it? And are they going to overlap? And are they, you know, I feel like that adds a different dynamic. Although everybody in there has been really kind of conciliatory and, and flexible and, oh, well, how about you do this piece and we'll, we'll take this from this angle or there hasn't been any conflict, even though everybody I believe in that group has their very clear ideas of, of what they do and how they do it and how they present their show to people to their audience. Um, yeah, there's just been no drama. It's really cool. <laughs> like
1: well, it. can't sell any can't sell any tabloids, but it does help
0: yeah, independent. Yeah, we're
2: boring.
1: <laughs> it does it does help independent folks. Well, I think within podcasting yeah. and it's something that I've learned just a lot about and I'm very far from an understanding of podcasting as a whole. It's just I Read about it, you know, each day, and 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 do it, and you do it, and you know, kind of keep an eye on what's going on. But, mm-hmm. um, I think it creates some interesting or unique opportunities to to organize, such as you know, I'm an organizer. I mean, un, union organizer in my blood, primarily, but an organizer amongst people. And I think when with with art or the network that you're talking about when people have true fun and enjoy listening to wacky stories and feel, I don't know, less alone. And then there's another show that's kind of like, that's like the the wild cousin of it, but they both (laughs) lovely. like this one's more calm. And I love her because like, I need to talk to her to calm down. And then the other cousins just like, yo, there's ghosts here. And, Uh, But but you feel that you're around um, this this group. I felt that because I I'm in I do a variety show, so you don't know from one week to the next what I'm going to do. But I can go to you, or I can go to Mums Murders and Mysteries. We did a live recently, for example, and I can like tap into the juice. Like I can't like. The questions I had to talk with Mums and uh, Marty, I was like, can we talk about the Poltergeist film set and how cursed it was? Can we talk <laughs> about like, and it was just, it was just a long list. And we got on and I'm like, uh, I'm excited to talk about all these things. But just to be able to vibe and and even though you're not doing exactly the same thing and you're in different spots that you're able to vibe mm-hmm. for, I'll be like, that shit's cool, man. That's yeah. fun, you know?
0: totally yeah absolutely i think i think there's a a mutual respect based in partly we know how much work goes into it and how much effort um but also in just seeing like oh wow that person did that that way that's that's cool you know and it's inspiring i i just think the inspiration has been huge and and motivating
1: the um one uh, you, i i imagine again you might be sensitive to this but some of the some of the serendipity or the connections that I'm particularly sensitive to, like, and maybe as an organizer or sensitive to how people connect, like I Mm -hmm. just networked the entire thing of people in my head in terms of organizing and how uh, not to use, but just to see how people could relate uh, to other people like that. And um, it's just been so cool to see within podcasting independent do-it-yourselves like there's a reality to podcasting where people you know it's a funny I think anytime you get a new media I think the jokes are actually stupid and funny about (laughs) podcast because it's something new to make fun of but it is not reflective of reality (laughs) because when it comes down to it folks like you and I who continue to make podcasts over years there are very Mm -hmm. they're not very few the number of podcasts drops precipitously of what is continually uh, being made. So it's a serious mm-hmm. form. And, you know, yeah. our approach, though laughing and funny and we can hang out, is serious about what the intent is. And I think those who know about what podcasting is or can be, uh, whatever you're using it for, whether it's politics or health or whatever. I think those who are doing it know that it's a powerful thing. At least I feel that. And the jokes are titillating, but that's all they are. <laughs> because, yeah, I agree. You know, And so, I mean, it's just kind of point out the sustained effort because I'm going to say mm-hmm. something. I know because there's been a few nights for me, even with that sustained effort, even with that love, and it's at 1130 at night and you're looking and you're working on things. You're like, why the fuck am I doing <laughs> it? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I hear yeah. you.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, there's days where I'm like, "Man, I'm screaming into the void." <laughs> you know? And then and then I hug my dog and I'm like, "But I'm going to keep screaming."
1: <laughs> yeah, Somebody and you're you're, back someday. <laughs> you're telling a weird sustained wonderful ghost story and I'm asking people, "Why <laughs> is there something rather than nothing, you know, that's not that uh, that position you only stake out independently, I think. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I wanted to talk a, about um, a couple of musicians we like. Uh, first of all, I want to say declaratively on the show that uh, Polly Jean Harvey, PJ Harvey, is well, she's a goddess.
0: <laughs> not yeah, not gonna disagree. Through
1: and through, I want to start. I want to start light. You know what I mean? Like I want to start. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I've listened to everything Paula Jean has done. Uh, she's a philosopher. She's a mm-hmm. multi artist, uh, photographer, poet. Um, the mono uh, instruments that she can play, all these type of things. These are things she can do. Um yep. I found it to be the most amazing, brilliant music and catalog that i've been able to enjoy for a long time now uh, Mm -hmm. 30 years um and i know you really love polygene i wanted to talk about that and about some of the energy just the sheer energy of some of the women in rock and in songwriting that you enjoy i know tori amos regina specter
0: yeah. Harvey. We love Amanda Palmer. <laughs>
1: Amanda Palmer. That's when some big ones don't even get it. But what what to tell me yeah. about that because I know we've we've vibed on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um so I I was a teenager in the 90s when PJ Harvey and Bjork was one and Tori Amos and so many others, but um that was kind of the trifecta at the time. And It was cool to see these women. So P.J. Harvey's a little more rock, so she maybe fit in better with some of the male-led bands that were popular even and even that I liked, you know, Pixies and Nirvana and all those guys. Um, And I loved all of them, and they were great, and they fulfilled something for me, and it spoke to me, and it was awesome. But then when I discovered, you know, a couple few years into that type of music that I had started listening to, when I discovered the women who were part of that world, PJ Harvey was probably the most similar, but she's still really unique. And what I loved was they were each so different and they were each so individual in what they were doing in their sound. And it felt to me super strong and confident. Like this is what I'm doing and I'm doing it like this. And, and, you know, you're either going to like it or not and it's going to work or not, but this is what I'm doing whereas you know when i saw that and then i looked back at what i had been listening to with a lot of the male led bands which were great again i'm not it's not a criticism of them but to me that was almost more of a homogenous sound all those bands i could kind of lump them together you could tell them apart obviously but just overall compared to these women that i was listening to where you know they they were completely different from each other and so I really gravitated toward that. And it took me a long time to start writing my own songs. Um, I started out playing all of their songs, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. and,
0: um, and to see, you know, I feel like I'm maybe going off on a tangent here a little bit, but.
1: The show is was- tangents. The show is yeah, tangents. Okay, tangents. tangents. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs>
0: um, that was to me a really pivotal time for women in music when these women were coming up and doing this and being embraced. And being criticized and laughed at also by mainstream, generally, you know, media outlets about music. But overall, I I think as far as just the human beings that were listening to their music, they were well-loved. And then came, you know, uh, I won't name names, but pop, pop, female pop stars that were treated more like products and songs were written for them and outfits were picked out for them and they were taught what dance moves to do. And that you know, took over and almost kind of washed away what I feel was progress. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And
0: it's just been like an uphill battle since then, but I feel like there's a bit of a shift the last few years. Um, And I know Amanda Palmer's been fighting that fight (laughs) since she started. Um, Yeah. But but I think it's important. You know, I'll be honest, I go on iTunes, I still download music because – I'm old and also I feel like that supports the artists better. And Apple just put out like a happy International Women's Day or something, you know, graphic on Women's Day this year. And I thought, you know, that's cute because when I go to iTunes and I try to find women artists who write their own songs and perform their own songs, I have to dig so deep through the content that's in iTunes because it's not on the front pages of any of the categories you know there might be one or two but there's f- like 25 male artists for <laughs> yeah. every independent female artist and i find that unfortunate um and frustrating but i think that it's also inspiring to see women just plow through you know and keep keep doing what they're doing and and keep building on it and having people gravitate toward it
1: yeah i um yeah, and I I really appreciate what you had to say, and I, and I, I there was a a subtle point there that that you mentioned I hadn't really thought about as much as like within uh, Bjork and and Tori. And Paula Jean Harvey, there was somebody who was talking about their styles and how uniquely developed and very particular and brilliant, and, but unique in particular about what they mm-hmm. were doing. And I hadn't really thought about that in those terms, about how using them as three big, major, influential female artists at that time, being truly distinct, being truly mm-hmm. distinct. And um, I think that can be exciting because... I would say in each of those categories and which one do you point to more than the others between Bjork or, or Tori apology or is that there's a female particular female brilliance and punk and bravado. And I will say what I need to say at the end that it, will be said, whatever that is, mm-hmm. that is extremely powerful. And I, I was around, I didn't connect with it at the same time, being a young 20s, you know, guy and, and but I was around women who were very influenced and very empowered uh, by that. And um, I think it's right to point it out as a particularly unique and with those artists, um, uh, noticeable development. So it was so funny when I was talking about that, like, um, Bjork as uh, a thinker, as a thinker of thinker of sound, I've listened to her podcast where she talks about each of her albums and what's going on and the considered thought. And, uh, it's like, it, it's kind of like a peek inside creation. Um, so yeah, love that stuff. Love that time. And they're all still putting out, uh, putting out music. It was another thing they like I, you know I um I had Sharonova on the show um who was who's sung with the Sembrus, who sung uh in many uh formats uh in collaborations um in a group My Brightest Diamond just a true mm-hmm. honor but to come in contact with kind of discreet intelligence and creativity in that way there's the power that's in that and i think that's that's what's exciting heck that's why i have you on this podcast here so
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i think what i gleaned from all those is just um to don't be afraid of using your own voice i think a lot of artists try to sound like other artists that they like or they almost like hide behind like how many Eddie Vetters are out there, you know? Yeah. And uh, and I th- I think a-, a comment that I've received a couple few times now in more recent years about my songwriting is just there's nothing. It doesn't sound like anything out there, you know. It sounds it sounds different than and, and I'm like yeah that's because I'm me and I'm the only me and this is what I do and I and I think that every artist should do that. You know, everybody should just be. Somebody will love it somewhere. It's going to speak to somebody.
1: The word that I've been using my vocabulary for months, and I've just been trying to just be sensitive and notice certain developments. And it's been conspicuous all the time, whether it's what I'm trying to do or the people that I'm around or who's trying what. I notice the conspicuous effort or when things are good. Or things, something's really good, and the times are tough. Like, times feel super weird to me right now. It's felt mm-hmm. so for a long time. And I think a lot yeah. of people that I talk to just fucking weird. Um, mm-hmm. But just um, there's these other areas where things are changing, but there's some openness, at least in my head. And you might say it's openness towards the apocalypse. All right, the sun's gonna come out for a minute. <laughs> or you can say, Things are shifting and transforming, and things are not the way that they were. And other humans, I'm sure, have felt with you know, dealt and seen these trends, but we're in it. Mm-hmm. Something has shifted and something has changed. And I don't have the explanation, yeah. but um I know as a subtext doing a podcast about art, that's how I'm surviving this shit. Honestly.
0: Yes, like deeply,
1: yes. you know.
0: Yes, yeah, yes. This same is, club
1: same club no
0: yeah 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 i'd say i'd say the last 6 to 12 months music has just been a lifeline you know and during earlier in the pandemic writing was the lifeline i knocked out two novels and a half you know so i i yeah i think creatives <laughs> when everything's going to shit that that is your lifeline is creating or or other people's creations or a little bit of both but definitely um yeah. Cause you can, I think, shut out the world a little bit. Yeah. Shut out the noise, make your own noise. You know? yeah. so, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm more- tired of everybody else's noise. I don't want to hear all the arguing and bickering and stupidity. I'm just going to sit and write a song about what I, snow. <laughs> you
1: know. Well, I wanted to mention something about music and this is a unique thought that I had. And I just wanted to mention it to you. The, um, I've uh, adored the music of uh, Catherine Paul, KP, Black Belt Eagle Scout uh, for some time. Uh, And uh, her last album, um, I believe the title is At the Party with My Brown Friends. Um, Mm -hmm. I might have that slightly off, but I listened to that album kind of like every day when it came out for like three months straight. Nice. So if I encounter an album that that sets right in, whether it's mood or lyric or tone, if it's there two or three days, it might be there every day because I'm just like relying mm-hmm. on it. And things are getting tough. And she dropped her album, which we saw the first day she performed the whole album live before going out on Europe. I mean, there was all the... There was these things that just came together, which were partially planned. I did a podcast with it, but I listened to this album and I find it so strange because this is the thought I ended up with. I listened to this album every day for about a month now. And, um, my thought was, I can't imagine a world without this complete album in it at this point. Like I truly felt, I'm like, as far as an album and an art piece and how I've used it for a month, I'm like, "Yep, how was this thing not here before? And what was I doing then?
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. And it makes complete sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> you, know like when you, could, right?
1: is, you know what my <laughs> longest streak is? I'll admit this. My longest <laughs> streak of, you know, dropping in and playing it every day. I don't know if the other people do this. And I don't do it all the time. But when I do it, I do it for a long, obsessive time. Was Mm -hmm. uh, 1989 by Taylor Swift. Listened to every single day for 18 months.
0: (gasps) That might be a record. That's impressive. And I'm the girl who will, like, rewind and listen to the bridge of a song 18 times in a row. But, that, wow, you win that prize, man. That's
1: okay. <laughs> that's well, that great. places a little bit more in context with me in the thank you.
0: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm the
1: clear winner there. Maybe I'll talk to somebody else and see how I fit in. <laughs> no, um, I think...
0: And, you know, I think if something speaks to you, like I another thing I noticed in the music world that doesn't seem quite as bad now, but I feel like there's a lot of judgment about what people like or don't like in music or what they listen to or, you know, and it's so stupid (laughs) because if something speaks to you, who gives a shit? Honestly, who cares if if something speaks even Nickelback, I don't like Nickelback. Somebody likes Nickelback and we can make all the jokes we want. But to that person, it's it's bringing something positive to their lives. And so I'm glad Nickelback exists for that person, mm-hmm. you know, and um, yeah, yeah. That weird thing about judging people for what they listen to is just I've always thought was so bizarre. Be like judging it's people powerful, for what though. foods they do or don't like, you
1: know. Well, it's powerful though for identity because I could say, I could say when you know when I was younger, I uh, I grew up in the city, and my parents moved to a, a a better, a wider suburb. You know, not that that's better, but within nineteen eighties, you know how those things yeah. uh, are looked at, and when I was in younger in elementary school and middle school, I was culturally black amongst my friends because I didn't, I didn't listen to rock. Like my parents would, and I did not not like it, but my music was early rap music and it was a big part of my identity. So when my, when we moved to the suburbs and then there was this white Culture, and this is before hip hop, this is before it's made it really into white culture fully. Um, I was like culturally black by the music I listened to, and everybody was white. Like, everybody. This wasn't like white time, like white boy time to be cool, listen to hip hop or anything. Like, this was like there's white and black. And I've always found, like, um, at least early on, now I didn't like look to live by that, but. Your influence when you're a kid, like even if you like, even if I liked that Eagle song in my head, and I knew I liked it when I was younger, I was being like, "No, it's Run DMC, <laughs> it's Run DMC," you know. And it's just, right. <laughs> it's a powerful force, I think. I think it maybe is. Do you think it's even more now with the predominance of social media? Do you think it's more of an exaggerated form of it?
0: Maybe it's hard to tell. See, I look. So my son is 14 now and i look at him and his friends and he listens to a lot of really varied music styles and you know i've recently he was playing a bjork song and he'll listen to music while he's facetiming with his friends and or they'll listen to something and like nobody in his generation <laughs> that i've seen has batted an eye at anything that anybody's listened to they might give each other shit a little bit but ultimately there's just this acceptance with them, with that, and uh, and it seems to englobe, and it could be geographical and political to, to where we live yeah. and whatnot too, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in part. But I would say they are more confident by far than my generation ever was, and they are more open and accepting of differences also than we ever were, yeah. um, and it gives me hope <laughs> with everything going on right now. Um, that, that, yeah, it just, it gives me a little bit of hope. And I know that, you know, this isn't the case for every 14 year old and that there are probably parts of this country where 14 year olds think very differently. But the fact that, that even in comparison to where I grew up and how I grew up, that, that they're so, so different and open about everything, you know, from gender identity to music or whatever it is, it, uh, that's a it kind of is a lifeline for me too <laughs> to see that yeah. you know,
1: yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of questioning, and I think for me, just seeing that um as far as like younger generation at this one thing I really, really enjoy is that there's a lot of old, tired bullshit that they're casting out that that mm-hmm. I know I grew up with just nonsense looking back. So I've had an open mind about a lot of things that I hear because what I've discovered when people point out big piles of BS around some of how things have been, how we define things, what this country is, just somebody points out some BS, you got to deal with it sometimes, I think. And uh, it's learning, right? It can be a little bit, you Uh,
0: know. uh, I know. Well, just just because something's been done a certain way for a really long time doesn't mean that's the best or the right way to do it. And I, <laughs> I think we need to get some people to like, let, you just let it go, let it go.
1: Um, <laughs> you've been doing some of the lives, Instagram lives. I love those. I started doing those this year with the show, and um, I enjoy it. I um, yes. I've been very pleased when uh, mm-hmm. I've asked folks to come on that they've been mostly really enthusiastic, which is kind of a reaffirmation of like, oh, this sounds fun or this sounds yeah, cool, yeah. you know? And uh, I know you and I will will, will do that soon. I'd love to be able to see uh, you play a few songs. Well, primarily because they're your, your songs that I know and, and, and love, but they're also, <laughs> when you do a cover, I might be like, oh yeah, that sounds super as well. You know? <laughs> Um, yeah. I, I have a particular adoration towards, um, uh, uh, French pop, um, mm-hmm. all, all over time. It's just, uh, it's just so groovy. It's so lovely.
0: really. Well, it's like French cheese, right? French pop and French cheese
1: they both <laughs> age <really
0: well>. yes. <laughs> and wine. It,
1: I remember having that episode 150 with April, March, and uh, just those dance songs and and all oh, that. Oh yeah. And um, that uh, song, her big famous song from Tarantino movie, Chick Habit. That's on. Um, that's on streaming now. They resolved some sort of like legal. Oh good, okay. yeah. And I yeah. saw that the De-, De La Soul, the band De La Soul, is streaming now after all that legal uh, stuff. So, anyways. There's some new stuff maybe to uh, stream. Not, I don't know, not promoting yeah. anything in particular, but new music sounds good yeah. or re- reissued music. So um, so uh, what's the schedule on uh, the podcast and uh, what's coming up and what do things look like as far as yeah. uh, Skylark Bell uh, story?
0: Yeah, well, we're on book slash season three which is the, the third and final book in the trilogy of this original story. And um, this third book is the longest. It has the most chapters, so it'll take probably, I, I think, every single week, probably well into October before the story is complete. Um, but I, I pre-recorded all the chapters already, and uh, th- I've, I'm uploaded already into June. Um, and I did that on purpose because of those collaborations that I did within the BUPOD network last year. Um, I wanted to give myself the time and freedom to work on some collaborations like that. And so I'll uh, once the official story, the book, is finished, I'll still have more content to share, likely, in collaboration. There's already a few things brewing um, That's with good some bacon. partners in... Yeah, I think, you know, I had a lot of fun and it pushed me, I wouldn't say out of my comfort zone, but it pushed me to almost problem solve creatively on some things. So that's super exciting. And then um, the other thing that's happened with me getting this out of the way in advance is um, one of the members of the BOOPOD Network also has a music studio called Pink Flamingo Music Productions. And he and I have paired up to work on some music together, and it has been just uh, lit a big spark, actually, and it's it's been really great. And I think the initial thing that I loved so much is that it made my music sound so much better, my music recordings. And so, you know, so I think when I started out sharing music four years ago, almost now, I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't I didn't have recording equipment. And so, it's been so incremental in building this thing. Yeah and building the audience at the same time so the ones who've been there from the start like I mean I was putting out a crappy product in the beginning and so kudos to them for sticking around but you know it's been slowly collecting these people and these with their with their talents and and putting it all together I have a friend Eric in Montreal who does these super cool videos and who's a multi-instrumentalist and is just brilliant and I know my friend Jane out in Vancouver she's a tremendous songwriter and so we've all kind of meshed together and and I'm pulling pieces from these people but the one missing link was making everything sound good and now I have that and so that's been super inspiring and we've been working on music so where I'm going with this is having the podcast totally pre-recorded and ready to go is giving me a lot of time and freedom to do all these extra things that are inspiring and I think will help me build onto. Whatever the future of the podcast will look like once these three books have been shared already with the world.
1: Yeah, I uh, well thanks for that and it's nice to hear how you're thinking about you know laying things out and um, yeah, I, I I know you work on uh, different uh, projects and I I've felt and because I know uh, we've talked on your other podcast you've wanted to mention a couple, maybe the things that you think about within podcasting that you do as well. And um, uh, cause I know my guests or me knowing is like, you, you know, with, with the fiction and those type of stories, you're also uh, intrigued by some of the personalities and people that you're around too. So you love conversation mm-hmm. as well, you know, and so writing fiction being particular and time for conversation and that developing there. So tell yeah. us, uh, tell the listeners how you, th- uh, what other pieces you think about within uh, podcasting format?
0: Yeah, well, I um for a short period last year I started a podcast. It was called Grab a Blanket, and you and I chatted on that yeah. podcast uh, among a few other people. And the the um the premise of it was to talk to people about things that bring them comfort. And I think that um, what sparked that was how uncomfortable the world had become at that point, just between the pandemic and specifically here in Minneapolis, we had, you know, George Floyd and the riots, and, and it's, just been, it, it, it's just been tough and uncomfortable. And so yeah. it, was, it was a podcast to talk with people about things that bring them comfort. And what was so fascinating was how different everybody was, you know, some people... It was like, oh, I, I go take a walk in the woods. And some people was, oh, you know, I cozy up by the fire with a hot chocolate or, oh, I paint. or, And then this one woman, actually Annie Enneking, who's going to be at this, she's a musician. She'll be at the show next week with me. Um, she is a, um, I want to say this correctly, but I, like a fight choreographer for like the theater. Like if there's fight sure. scenes with swords or, or punching or whatever, like sure. she'll choreograph the sure. fights and that's her like happy place is like violence, <laughs> you know, structured Control.
1: violence, structured violence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, which, which I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm a pacifist. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so it was so foreign to me and fascinating. And, um, yeah, I love, I, I, you know, being kind of a neurodivergent person. Um, Understanding other people is very, very hard for me, and so the way I get to do that is just by talking to them. When you can find someone who's open enough to do that, not everybody is. Yeah, and um, and so that's what those conversations were kind of became about was just understanding people's differences from me and from each other, obviously. But um yeah it was fascinating. It was really cool. I think I did maybe seven or eight different interviews and um each one was absolutely unique. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, they were quite unique. Um they were quite unique and uh yeah, that was that was that was a nice thing. I um I came to you know, I usually kind of talk about some of the realizations I remember doing that and I remember uh Facing some significant difficulties soon after that. Um, But it was very revelatory for me to hear what I was saying. And and part of the dynamic that I was hinting to, I I felt like around that time, things are stressful. Things still felt stressful. And I'm like, kind of like, how do we hang on? And like in my Mm -hmm. head, it's like it wasn't fully developed. It was like, I need the freaking colors of Christmas I need my cookies. I need <laughs> yes. Hallmark movies. I'm gonna say yes. whatever I want that I need. I don't give a shit what any of you think about what are the things <laughs> that I need. But totally. But it the, the the lesson the lesson was this for me because the expectation of, of of that arriving in the way that you expect it proved to be problematic for me, meaning that the trials and tribulations I would deal through the cycles of the year. Um, intense work during the day tied to school schedules and things like that is that I would be you know just kind of um you know tied up in 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 all of that um, and it would be it would be really intense so I was Needed something to look forward to as simple as, as it was, I think about it, like seeing lights, like think about it in simple Catholic terms, or I can, uh, a votive, soft, mm-hmm. dull Christmas lights, presents, up, uh, m- mythos and nostalgia, all that. Yeah, sure. But all those comforting, um, type of things, and those can't always arrive like that. And I I, I started to look at structure in my life. Okay, I need a good summer. You know when you need something? Mm-hmm. I need a good winter break. And I'd be like, yeah, I have to look at it differently from that. I need to veer towards that. But I also need to understand that my days in between, something has to happen differently there because it ain't always working to go to the – the stores in the bank that you expect at the end of the year or at different times. If you have that opportunity
0: for some mm-hmm. folks,
1: it's constant and there is no within that. And uh, so things changed after that episode, but it was very much part of like trying to learn with, within that. Um, yeah. It was a strange experience to be honest with you, <laughs> but, but Very, but very good. I'm drawn to strange experiences. That's yeah. You know, <laughs> now uh so you do your music we you got the skylark bell and you didn't done yeah. that for a, a season um and you thinking um you thinking of anything else related to podcasting just ideas or just the music we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna roll with the music it's 2023 music year <laughs> crank out some more music as the other
0: yeah you know i have a, a very very dear friend who uh lives actually not very far from my house and her husband is a multidisciplinary artist. So he, he's a painter, phenomenal painter, and he's a musician and he does movies. And I asked her, I mean, I know him too, but I hang out with her more. So I asked her, like, how does he navigate that? Because, you know, if I'm in writing a novel mode or writing mode, period, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm writing books. Sometimes it's two books. Sometimes it's a bunch of stories. And then when I'm in music mode, that's what I'm doing. I'm writing songs, I'm composing, composing, composing. And I haven't found a way podcasting really helped mesh the two. Yeah. Um once they're kind of done, but as far as doing them, and she said he's the same way, like if he's doing a music album, he might still do some art on the side and some movies on the side, but like the whatever the biggest project is, that's what is you know taking over his life in that moment and i and that's how it is for me too. So right now i'm really in a music mode and there's a lot of new songs coming okay. and i think they're going to be really cool. Um but you know in the back of my mind i i have this like you know the sand through the hourglass of of the, the, this trilogy of books that's going to be ending, and I have to look forward to okay, what's what's going to come. And luckily, you know, within this boopod network and some friends and connections that I've made in the podcasting world, you know, there's there's some sparks there, there's some ideas and some connections, and some of it will be just me. I have a couple of ideas for to continue the podcast in a similar vein, but different. It'll be different, but. I think it will appeal to the same people, um, and then and then you know top it off with some collaborations with with people that I click with, and I think that's that's what the future of the Skylar Bell will look like.
1: Yeah, I oh that's lovely. I uh, yeah, you did when you did mention Sans Through the Hourglass" phrase there. I did drift off to <laughs> "Days of Our Lives" for a few Absolutely. moments. Absolutely, I have that's tried to that's
0: get, where I got that. I, I
1: tried to get Deidre Hall on this show for <laughs> <laughs> episode two hundred. She won't uh, do it. No, I mean it, look, <laughs> they haven't said no, so that's a potential yes. Oh, if I could get I could, if I could get Marlena, Vidra Fall, uh
0: can you imagine?
1: Oh, my mom, my there'd be a lot of people who'd be proud of me. I'd be proud of you. <laughs> so, anyways.
0: I'd be proud of you. We're, I would be proud of you. Melissa
1: and I just, uh, are our, or one of our calls out to a uh, guest, Deidre Hall, and uh, I think the I do this once in a while. Taylor Swift, uh, just to put it on record that there's the eighth or eight hundredth time that I've invited her onto the show, just to have it out there, make sure there's record yeah. things. Happening. Yeah, why not? Taylor's I mean, going to end I'm up on the show. I'm telling you, <laughs> she's, gonna, she's gonna. But um, I've oh, had she two.
0: will, she will yeah. someday.
1: Well, the thing is, when it comes to like absolutely wildly talented guests and multitudes of them, it's a blessing to for me with the work I've done on the show. I mean, it is, it is a, it's, a, it's an intentional climate of let's do something. And lately, people saying, well, things seem like really messed up and shitty right now for a little while. Okay, let's do something. Let's mm-hmm. try something let's yeah. put these two colors together and see what happens. So
0: I, I honestly, I love following your Instagram feed because I get to see, you know, all these different people that you talk to and I love checking out what they're doing. And, and what's so cool about your show is the commonality obviously is art, but art can mean so many different things and you touch on all of them. Um, and it, and with, all different people from all different walks of life and ages and backgrounds and, you know, mediums that they use. And it's, it's really incredible what you're doing. So I don't know. I'm glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's, uh, it's enjoy. I realize, you know, there's realizations that I made is, um, one is have to do with like how I've spent my adult life. And as a union rep, um, it's just a unique experience because I would, I will have had tens of thousands of conversations with people who are usually in some aspect of distress or revelation or need because no, I, I still haven't got my call 23 years. Hey, Ken, how's it going? No grievances today. Workplace yeah. is very healthy and shiny. The floors look great. I'm happy, I just wanted to call you to thank my union <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just you know it's just not the nature of things. I'm not complaining yeah. but yeah. i i would be i would i think just th- tens of thousands of conversations and seventy five percent of my membership being uh, female uh you know in gen- gender dichotomy here yeah. but, but statistically yeah. um yes. so and for other reasons, I have I've been forced into or paid for or whatever way you look at it, conversations that are going to be whoa, and they're right there. So, um, only in developing the you know the show, I've been able to see how I can try to do that or why. So it's been thank you. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's it's a groovy thing for me personally. So. Yeah. Um, I know that you have some, you have some, we're going to be doing some playing some uh, live uh, pretty, pretty soon. You got some things going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to just uh, everybody would talk with Melissa Oliveri and Melissa, I just wanted you to, you got different things that you're doing. Why don't you point the listeners to where to look for things and what you'd like to, oh, to sure. see, it, see and here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the easiest is probably my, my website, MelissaOliveri.com, because that has all the things. So <laughs> start there. Um, I'm very active on Instagram as well, so that's always a good place. And links to all my different platforms are on the website too. Um, but yeah, Instagram's a really good one. I like to be in touch with people, and I feel like that's where I get the most engagement and connect with other other creatives and and other people who aren't necessarily creative but are just fun interesting people um and then of course i have patreon which is a really great tool and i get to put out so 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 much you do a fantastic
1: content. job there it's and just so folks I know i mean you no know, when creators are on there and everybody's trying to do whatever they can it's like yeah. it's light, it's neat it's great stuff um there's a lot of so anyways if folks if you have the opportunity and the veil you know the The chance to do it, Um, yeah, definitely the Patreon for Melissa.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I try to, you know, try to give good value (laughs) and uh, and provide good content or or at least like advanced content or behind the scenes stuff on there. And um, and it's fun. It's fun trying to to think about what to put on there too and what people are gonna, you know, what's gonna speak to them. So it's a great challenge. But that I'd say that's those are my primary. Spots, and then of course the Skylark Bell podcast is available on all major platforms. Um, and we're we're maybe a, not quite a quarter of the way into season three here, so or maybe an eighth of the way. And um, comes new episodes come out every Friday. Literally every single Friday of 2022, I released an episode. I didn't skip one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying when I was saying up at the get go about like, it's a funny joke that everybody's doing a podcast, but Uh, you're doing, you're doing a podcast. Doing it. Yeah.
0: Doing it. Yeah. And, um, and music, um, I have some music out. There's a uh, soundtrack to the podcast called Songs from the Skylark Bell, and that's out on all major streaming platforms. And Bandcamp um, also. And on Bandcamp, there's a lot of stuff that's not on streaming platforms, so that's a good spot to check out. My stage name is Canel, which is French for cinnamon. And um, and so that's where you'll find the music is under that stage name. But with the music, I'd say the best is yet to come kind of soon. So I just released a song called Elliot Under Glass, which... Um, Again, Pink Flamingo Music Productions did a lot of work on that, including, lucky for me, adding some instrumentation to it, and it just knocked it out of the park. It's a really cool song. It's a beautiful,
1: it's a a really beautiful song that you did there. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super attached. Elliot was a character in a story and I wrote the song about him and I fell in love with him. <laughs> so yeah. Elliot is, is out in the world now. And, um, but along the, the, that same vein of that song, that vibe and that songwriting, I've written a few songs kind of in that, in that mode recently and, um, and they're being worked on right now and it, I'm really, really excited and inspired. It's going to be pretty great. So stay tuned for the music stuff.
1: Love it. Thank you so much. I know you get a lot coming out, and I enjoy uh, dropping in on that. Um, Couple final points. Uh, Your Minnesota Wild hockey team has been playing very well lately, and my (laughs) beloved Winnipeg Jets have been sliding horrendously, but my Boston Bruins, as you might have noticed, are having the most historic season in the history of Uh uh see the trick is to not game.
0: have only one team. You gotta you gotta have two teams that you're rooting hey, for.
1: I, I developed my ticket. hockey affinity as I got older, and then I realized, you know, I need to I need some cover. And <laughs> I know uh I know one place and we get along very well, but I know one place we would not would be at a Montreal Boston hockey game, no matter that what it that. is.
0: The gloves would come off my. I don't I think that would
1: go well, and would not, I would, would read not. up on what the French swears are before yeah. that, because that that's a. We'd have to aspect.
0: sit at opposite ends of the state of the hockey rink because
1: I've I've had stuff thrown at me <laughs> in a brief time in Montreal as a Bruins fan <laughs> and at a nearby bar for yeah. just being from Rhode Island with my brewing stuff up in Montreal.
0: <laughs> you were playing with fire there. Holy, you're lucky uh, that's all that happened to you.
1: Uh, you know, the good- French
0: are expressive. <laughs> They're expressive. They were expressing their displeasure to you.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, i was i was shown a, i was shown the directions to a more accommodating venue a couple times <laughs> uh be that as it may but um well it's been it's been just so delightful to chat and um yeah.
2: uh,
1: and to catch up and to talk podcasting and, and and music and uh i know we'll be connecting around um just kind of getting this art out there i mean i think there's a certain piece that I've come to to be unapologetic about putting the art out there and why you're doing yeah. it. And because people are needing on it and they're digging on it. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it sounds yeah. like a better setup than most other setups there are in life. So I, it's, good <laughs> exactly. it. it's good to create. It's good to create.
0: It's, it's survival. <laughs>
1: Well, we'll see you on, the, I'm sure, on Instagram Live soon. And, of course, yeah. uh, hour and a
0: half countdown.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. You just keep Yay. keep rocking. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you for coming on to the show. Great pleasure to talk with you, Melissa Oliveri. Uh, uh, it's nice to have you as a friend and, and a kind of fellow comrade and uh, trying to do something independent. We both come from the spirit of uh, Amanda Palmer, And some of the things she had to say about a little bit of a "fuck you" kind of attitude. I'm gonna push. I'm gonna ask for help. I'm gonna say this thing is cool, and I'm gonna believe in it. So, yep, I'll I'll uh, I'll trip on I'll trip going down that path if I'm gonna trip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll trip right alongside you, my friend.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Melissa.
0: Thank you.
2: Make them laugh
0: is something rather than nothing.